What if that nagging feeling in the back of your neck was real? What if those hands reaching out from the dark that you believed were there, were there? What if the monster in the basement really existed? And what if there was really something under the bed? Would you have the courage to face your fears? Hello, brave souls. Welcome back to Fear. In today's episode, we have the continuation of The Mysteries of the Cryptids by Born Beach. We're going to do episodes 5 to 8 today. Without further ado, guys, let's get right into the story. Uncle Jake ambled toward us, his pace irregular. One moment, he moved slowly, the next frantically. His head seemed loose on his neck, rolling about with his momentum. I'm... Was so sorry about you two, he said. Matt? Eric muttered. I held up my hand, indicating for him to be quiet. I wasn't comfortable at all this, too, and Jake didn't seem like himself. After everything else that had happened tonight, I wasn't taking chances with anybody, family or otherwise. But still, I needed to know what the situation was. I needed to hear him speak. My eyes darted around, taking stock of our surroundings. If it came to a fight, I wanted to be ready. I cursed myself for letting the man take the fire iron. Still, there was always the river. In a two against one, Eric and I had a chance against our uncle, even with my busted wrist. I swiveled my gaze back to Jake. He was only a couple car lengths away from us now, and I could see him clearly. His eyes were pale, milky and faded, like he was drugged. His mess of dark hair shot out from all angles beneath his trucker hat. I'd never seen him in such a starry state. Boys, uh, he said burping. I just need to talk to you for a second about Griff. He's just up ahead, but he's scared of the water. He gestured toward the wood, swaying on the spot. Come see him? I didn't say anything. I knew Griff was dead. I pulled his scorched skull out of the fireplace myself, and Eric had been there with me. Jake took a couple frantic steps forward. I recoiled, putting myself in front of Eric. Call it older brother instincts, call it stupidity. All I knew was this cabin wasn't going to claim any more of my family. Ah, Jake said, stopping and tilting his head. Are you afraid? Uh. Another burp. Of me? What's going on here? I said quietly. I'm talking to my nephews. He chuckled feet dancing to keep his balance. Come on, Matthew, Eric, let's go. Another step forward. Don't take another fucking step, I shouted. Stay the hell back. He paused, his demeanor changing. His face drooped his sing-song smile replaced by a snarling shove row of yellowed teeth. You boys were supposed to join us a long time ago, you know, but she got soft. What? No, she didn't, Eric said, stepping out from behind me. He held the book in his hands, holding it up to Jake. She realized how sick this whole thing was. She spared us. I had no idea what either of them was talking about, but Eric had clearly read something in Mysteries while up on the rock. And whatever he'd read, Jake knew about it too. Spared you, Jake spat. He took off his cap and chucked it to the side, the corner of his mouth twitching. 
At the cost of the rest of us? Maybe. He took a shambling step forward, his eyes cold with menace. What makes you better than me? I knelt down, using Eric's tall frame as cover from Jake's vision. My good hand found a decent-sized rock, and I clutched it, rising back to my feet and placing it in my jacket pocket discreetly. We're not better than you, Eric said, but that doesn't mean we deserve to become monsters either. Deserve to become monsters? What the hell had Eric read? You think I'm a fucking monster? Jake bellowed, eyes bulging. He slammed his finger to his chest. I'm a product of progress, just like you should have been. My heart thundered. I didn't know this man anymore. Have you been drinking, Jake? I hope the answer was yes. I needed something to make sense tonight. Drinking, Jake said, his wild cataract eyes looking from me to my brother. You ain't told him yet? Have you, Eric? Didn't invite him to your book club? What's he talking about? Eric swallowed. He's talking about mysteries. No shit, I said, getting impatient. What about it? Help me the fuck out of here, man. I'm sorry, he said, shaking his head. More anxiety. When it came down on Eric, it came down thick. The book's written like an autobiography, Matt. I thought it was stupid pulp fiction Grandma wrote, but it's like research notes, man. Research notes? Jake took another half step forward and my hand tightened around the stone. Stay back, I'm not kidding. He smiled. Come on, Matt. I've never hurt you before, have I? Yeah, research notes, Eric stuttered. I didn't think much of it, honestly. Thought it was part of the book's gimmick, but seeing Jake like this... Jake hunched his back, hands pumping in and out of fists. Like what, Eric? Growled. Don't talk to him, asshole, I said. Jake was bigger than me by about half, and in his current state more unpredictable by a mile. If he came at me, I'd have one shot to clock him with the stone. Talk to me. Talk to you, he said, cocking his head. But you're so boring, Matt. All you've ever done is bitch, complain, and mope. His eyes drifted behind me to Eric. Your brother's always been the interesting one, and now he's gone and figured out my mother's secret. Eric, I said, I really need to get me up to speed. The the book, man, it's... English, man, what about the book? I kept one eye on Jake, my hands gripping the stones so hard I could feel my palm cramping. Grandma wasn't some writer documenting cryptos, Matt. He brandished the paperback, then snapped it open, flipping through it aggressively until his hand stopped on a page. He thrust it in my face. I pulled my head back and squinted. The ink had faded from years of aging, not to mention the water damage from the river crossing. The left page looked like a list of ingredients, with pencil markings over the print. And besides them, a set of tiny bulleted instructions. On the right was a diagram, too complex for me to properly make out given the condition of the book. Wait, what? Some of the markings look like runes. No, they were definitely runes. She wasn't looking for cryptids, Matt, Eric said breathlessly. She was making them. Part 6 Making cryptids? My mind reeled. How did somebody make a cryptid? What the fuck was our grandma doing? I brought a hand to my forehead, wincing as memories hit me like a cement truck. It's medicine, Matthew. Now be still and no crying. We don't want to worry your mom. But I feel fine, Grandma. I don't need any medicine. Everybody needs this medicine. Give me your arm. What about Eric? He'll get it too. Now give me your arm. 
Uncle Jape clapped his hands and broke me from my reverie. Oh, good work, Eric. Good work. This is why I always said you'd be great for the cabin. His eyes gleamed. Now, why don't we all go for a little hike, as a family? I have something I'd like to show you. After all this, Eric said incredulously, you must be drunk. I don't think he's drunk, I said, the memory subsiding. The sound of rushing river returned, along with the frigid chill of the wind. Why were these memories so invasive, so vivid? I shook the thought away. I needed to get us out of this situation first. He's taking something to keep him normal. What? Eric said. He glanced at the mysteries in his hands. Did you read this when you were kids, Matt? I shook my head. No. I was never the reader between us, was I? My hands found the stone in my pocket and I thumbed at it, feeling the weight, the shape. I remember Grandma giving me some kind of medicine. My stomach felt upside down just talking about this. I hardly knew what it even meant. I think Jake's taken some medicine himself. Maybe something that keeps him from becoming whatever Grandma meant for him to be. Jake frowned, his small, milky eyes narrowing. Quite the theory, Maddie. Is it? I said quietly. He stepped forward, two rapid paces one after another, his body swaying at the sudden stop. From the edges of his mouth, his tongue flicked out, looking at his lips. Is that why you're so afraid of me? He said. Because you think there's a monster underneath? I'm not afraid of you, I lied, squeezing the stone. I just don't want to kill my uncle. Jake let loose a howling laugh. <laughs> Matt, Eric said, stepping closer to me. I don't think we should be provoking him. Too late for that, I thought. Jake was here to finish something and it involved us. I wasn't interested in letting him see it through. Tell you what, uncle, I said, stepping forward, his eyes darting from my striding feet to my face. He looked offended that I'd even consider myself in the same league as him. Walk away right now, and I won't fucking murder you. His shoulders thrust back, and his head jerked forward. His milk-white eyes bulged. Murder me? He said in a voice that was beginning to sound nothing like his own. Does your therapist know you're delusional? His entire body tremored, his feet stumbling in an effort to stay upright. Something's happening, Eric said seriously. Now cut it out, Matt. A lot was happening. More would be happening soon. I can guarantee that. Now come at me, dear uncle. Give me an opening. My therapist thinks I've got the right idea, actually. That my family is a bunch of hillbilly trash. I am, Jake said, drooping to a knee and snarling. A product of progress. Whatever he had taken to keep his level, his emotions were throwing it out of whack. Show me, I said, doing my best to keep my voice level. With a growl, he lurched himself toward me. His catatonic limbs flying about, slaves to his own momentum. I took a step backward, setting myself on a rear leg while I pulled out the stone with my good hand. I smashed the stone against his skull with all the force I could manage. I heard a sharp crack and then a groan as my uncle dropped wordlessly onto the rocky shore. Eric and I stood there, transfixed for several moments, my heart feeling like it might beat out of my chest. My breaths came in heaves. Was he unconscious? You were trying to provoke him, Eric said, stepping carefully around the other side of Jake's unmoving body. I nodded. Yeah, well, let's make sure he stays down. I lifted the rock in my hand, ready to bash my uncle's skull to fucking pulp. Eric pushed me away. What the hell, he said. You can't kill him, Matt. I can't kill him? I did my best not to punch Eric square in the jaw. Look around you, man. We're fucked out here. You think Jake's a friend of ours? That he's going to help us down the mountain? 
I took a few steps away, running a stressed hand through my long hair. What do you think happens when he wakes up, huh? You think he just calls it a day and lets us go? I, I don't know, Eric stuttered. But I know we're not murderers. We're not. Like him. His eyes drifted to Jake's unmoving body, his expression torn. If we do that, how are we any better? I stopped toward him and grabbed him roughly by his shirt. How are we any better? I growled. How about we're better because we didn't lure two nephews out here to try and get them to become fucking Draculas? How about we're better because we didn't give two kids a lifetime of trauma? Eric was silent, his eyes wet behind his glasses. I let my hand fall from his shirt and turned my attention to Jake. His eyes were closed, but after what I've seen in earlier, I didn't trust him to stay out here for much longer. Something was trying to break free in him, something horrible. I ran a thumb along the stone, biting my lip, weighing my options. Matt, Eric said, his hands on my shoulder, voice cracking. We have so many good memories of Uncle Jake. Remember fishing? Remember fishing. As if fishing could make up for this. Whoever Uncle Jake had been, or pretending to be, that wasn't what he was anymore. My stomach sunk as I imagined him waking up now, turning on us but without the handicap of whatever medicine he'd taken to keep him human. I don't have a choice. I brought the stone down. The snap of Jake's cheekbones filled my ears, drowning the sound of the river, the roar of wind. I brought the stone down again to another horrid, dull crunch. Eric grabbed at my jacket, trying to pull me off, but I threw him back with my good hand. He might have been a foot taller than me, but he weighed close to 100 pounds less. I was doing this, and no one was going to stop me. I brought the stone down again, and again. Chapter 7 Blood caught me in the eye, and I paused my arm in the air, still clutching the stone. Jake's face had been smashed apart. His orbital bones caved in, and his eyes rolled from their split-open sockets. I dropped the stone to the ground, heaving breath after breath. I blinked, wiping at my face with my sleeve, and looked down to see a thick layer of crimson on my arm. Are you finished? Eric said softly his voice uneven. I turned around to face him, mouth half open with a thousand reasons on my lips. Reasons that I had never done this. Reasons I had to do this. But they all evaporated when I saw his red, tear-streaked eyes. His hair was even more disheveled than usual, like he'd been tearing at it for the past five minutes and his face was as pale as the moon. He stifled a sob. Because I'm pretty sure he's dead now, Matt. I looked back to Jake's corpse and slowly rose to my feet. His face was mangled. Bone splinters lay scattered around what remained of his cheeks. I forced myself to look away, but there was something oddly intoxicating about it. The way the blood pooled beneath his head. The way his limbs had stopped twitching after the fifth strike with the stone. I licked my lips. We should be okay now, I said, swallowing. My head felt woozy. Hazy. Should we? Eric said, pulling off his glasses and dabbing at his eyes with a sleeve. Are you okay? What? I shook my head. Of course I was okay. I was the older brother, wasn't I? I could handle this. I had handled this for years. Just another notch in the trauma belt. No big deal. Why are my ears ringing? I'm fine. Okay, Eric said. Was that anger in his voice? It got a little hard to tell back there. I... My heartbeat slowed and the world refocused. I had to. I looked at Jake and felt a sickness grow in my stomach. Had I really done that to him? He was going to hurt us, Eric. 
I said the words because they were the words that seemed right to say. What was I supposed to do? Let him drag us off to God knows where and turn us into fucking... Fucking what? Eric said, rounding on me. Monsters? I took a step back, feeling my vindication crumbling against his words. No, man. Cryptids. I felt off. Strange. Unwell. I licked my lips again. When did they get so dry? Just give me a second, will ya? He didn't say anything. Just stared at me with a crushing look of disappointment. Where tears had streaked his cheeks earlier, they were now a bright red flushed with anger, resentment. Heaving a sigh, I walked off to the riverside, trying to piece together what had just happened. What might still be happening. Above, thunder cracked and rain pelted my face. The storm was worsening. Of course it was. He was going to kill us, I mumbled to myself, hoping that saying the words aloud would help me understand them. Or at least he was going to hurt us. Turned us into something horrible, definitely. I had to kill him first. I had to. I didn't have a choice. No, a voice somewhere inside me said. I did have a choice. He was unconscious, wasn't he? We could have run. Left him there. I chose to kill. More thunder. More rain. I pulled my jacket tighter around me, shivering as I did my best to come to terms with what had happened. There's no going back now, I said quietly, doing the self-talk my therapist recommended. I have to accept it and move forward. I made a difficult choice to protect my brother and... Beside me, the river gurgled, and a large bubble grew on the surface, popping with a wet slosh. Had the current shifted? I slammed my eyes shut, trying to reground myself in the moment. I did my breathing exercises, focused on the cold rain, the howling wind, and the pain in my wrist. Then a splash, bigger, louder than any before. Like an entire tree fell into the damn drink. Eric? I called. No time to feel sorry for myself. We weren't safe yet. Fuck off, Matt. He was further up the river. Had he not heard over the wind? No, look. I jogged back to him, doing my best to ignore my splitting headache, the heavy guilt in my gut. You're right, man. I... I should have done that. I don't know why I did or why I didn't listen to you, but... The river's current grew still, and something rumbled in the water. Stones rolled from the riverbank in the drink, and a dark shadow began to fill the surface of the channel. Eric took a step back, eyes wide in terror. I knew exactly what he was thinking, because it was all I could think of, too. Something was in the river. Had Jake summoned it with the stones? Eric, I began, but he turned away from me. He started clambering on the bank of the river, toward the wood. Eric! I shouted, scrambling after him. Can we talk? I don't really feel like talking right now, he said bitterly, stalking into the tree line. Let's just get away from the damn water. I reached the top of the bank and then ran to catch up with him. I just need to talk about what happened earlier, please. I don't want to talk about earlier, Eric said flatly. He squinted up to the rainy sky through the forest canopy. The storm's getting worse, and we're not exactly dressed for the weather. He tugged pointedly at his hood, wiping a wet mop of curly hair from his forehead. We need to find some shelter. We're not making it down the mountain tonight. No, that was true. It was an hour drive just getting up the mountain, and that was without whatever creature the darkness had coaxed out. We can try the cabin, I said, not feeling much like I deserve to be making suggestions anymore. The beast knows about the cabin, Eric argued. That's assuming the cabin's even still standing. He shivered, bringing his hood up and over his head. 
But there's the cave. The cave. We'd meant to explore it when we were kids, but Grandma had stopped us. She said it was too far from the cabin, and that there were cougars in the woods. Bears. Right, I said. Do you remember? Yeah, I remember, Eric said, stepping off. Uncle Jake was the one who told us about it when we were younger. It's why I suggested it. If she didn't want us to go near it, and he did, then there's a good chance that's exactly where we need to be going. He said the words with a finality that told me the conversation was over. We walked for 20 minutes in silence. My conscience ate at me, the weather beat at me, and my body ached all over. But it was a small voice in my back of my head that haunted me more than anything. Familiar, but distant. Like a faint echo. My mother weeping. Matthew, she said. Please. There it is, Eric said, stopping suddenly. I stumbled, nearly colliding with him. I'd been so lost in my own thoughts that the world sort of melted away. He pointed up a small hill, where a pitch-black cave mouth yawned from the earth. It had a large entrance, easily big enough for an entire trailer to fit through, if not two. Eric reached into his pocket and pulled out his phone, turning the torchlight on. He scanned it into the mouth of the cave, and it looked as if the thing went on for some distance. Then the light sputtered, blinking, before vanishing completely. Fuck, he said. Battery's dead. Too many texts to dad. Mind using yours? Of course, man. I fumbled in my pocket for my own, feeling thankful I could be useful again. Feeling thankful I could do something, anything, to make our relationship feel normal again. Here, I said, flicking the torch on. We stepped into the cave carefully. Our sneaker is not ideal for walking on slick, wet cavern floors. Our progress came slowly, but that was fine by me. I didn't know what we were likely to find in the cave, but I had my suspicions it wouldn't be unguarded. I'd rather see the trap before it was sprung. Smell that? Eric said, bringing his finger to his nose. It reeked, like the worst smell I'd ever experienced, and it was getting worse the deeper we went. Yeah, smells like something died in here. That would be nice, Eric said, but somehow I think it's much worse than that. I nodded. Probably. More steps in silence. Just us and the light of my phone dancing across slick cavern walls. Did you finish the book, I asked? Most of it, yeah. Most of it? I skimmed some pages. It looked like Grandma had stuffed her notes in an actual paperback novel. Maybe to hide it from visitors? But she wrote the novel too, I said. Remember her name on the cover? Seems a lot of trouble to go to. Maybe, Eric said. He stopped suddenly. Wait a second, Matt. You just made me think of something. Yeah? Actually, though, he pulled the book from his hoodie and turned the first couple of pages. Bring the light over here a sec. I came closer. I came closer, holding my phone aloft so he could see the book clearer. He slid his finger to the page before jabbing at it with a victorious, Aha! What is it? Have a look, he said, handing me the book. I squinted at the faded lettering. Dedicated to my three little monsters, Jacob, Alice, and Nolan. It's a dedication page? To Uncle Jake, Mom, and Nolan? Eric shook his head, his face a mask of disbelief. I just assumed anything to do with the novel portion I could comfortably ignore. Why bother, right? We wanted to know about the research. What was really going on? But this? Who the fuck is Nolan, Matt? I blinked, trying to pull up any memory of the person. Had Mom talked about him before she passed? Had Dad? I had no idea, I said, feeling useless all over again. This is something, though, he said. 
his previous coolness replaced by a sense of academic excitement. If there was one thing that improved Eric's mood, it was solving a problem, or at least getting part way there. She called them the Three Little Monsters, which means... Grandma had another son. He grinned. Exactly. And we've got another uncle. Something moved in the distance, like a footstep echo through the cave. Shit, Eric said. The light, Matt? I already fumbled with it, my fingers swiping the screen in an anxious flurry. Eventually, I managed to shut it down. Darkness engulfed us. Eric, right beside me, disappeared entirely from my view. I reached out, grabbing his arm, and he jumped back. It's me, I whispered. I don't want us losing each other. Right, sure. The footsteps echoed closer now. They sounded distinct from our own. Padded. Almost like an animal. Like paws. My palms grew slick with sweat. Was it the beast? Had it found us? A growl reverberated through the cavern. Low and guttural. Monstrous. I squeezed Eric's arm tighter on the instinct. I wasn't going to lose him. I couldn't. Then a voice. It's dark. Chapter 8 The man was in the cave. His footsteps neared, each one coming at a slow, deliberate pace. But then, he didn't need to rush. We were trapped. Caught in a massive cavern we knew nothing about, with our only exit blocked by the man himself. He knows we're here, Eric said. I wanted to tell him to shut it, but there was a chance he didn't, but I knew he was right. If the man's current state could almost certainly smell us, my mind shot through a hundred different escape plans, but each one ended up with either captured or killed, possibly eaten. Eric shifted beside me. What now? We do the only thing we can do, I said quietly, feeling not entirely sure of myself. We take control. We take control? I took a deep breath, hating myself for what I was about to do. But we were out of options. Running blindly into the cave wasn't on the table and neither was running blindly into the man. That left one thing. Took you long enough, I shouted into the dark. The man's footsteps stopped. Matt, Eric hissed. Nolan, right? I continued, ignoring my brother. You are our grandmother's other son, which means you're our uncle. Silence. Seriously? Eric said, trying to put his hand over my mouth. I pushed him away. We know what she did to you, what she turned you into. A growl escaped through the cave, low and ragged. Then the footsteps resumed. They were faster now. I sucked in an anxious breath, second-guessing my plan. But I was all in at this point, and there was no going back. We can help you, I shouted. The footsteps thundered, like a beast on all fours, and close. I stumbled backward, my body acting on instinct, my muscles twitching to flee, but I couldn't. There was nowhere to run. Please! I crashed to the floor with a gasp. The wind knocked from my lungs. The man's heavy paw pressed on my chest. His breath smelled rancid and rotten. His eyes a horrid glowing yellow. I struggled at him and his claws dug into my flesh. Eric cried out beside me, bashing at the man, before he too hit the ground with a dull thud. Eric! I wheezed. I kicked and bit at the man. Eric! His paws moved from my chest to my mouth where it clasped itself almost entirely about my head. I screamed muffled cries into it, my fist beating at him uselessly. This was it, I thought. I'd killed both of us. My chest heaved, emotions rioting within me. 
Tears fell from my face. Adrenaline raced through my veins, and regret filled my thoughts. I should have listened to Eric. I was a fool. The man only advanced once I made it clear we were there. If I hadn't... A roar sounded from outside. One deeper, more feral than even the man's. It filled the cave. Its echoed ears splitting and its tone like gravel in a garburator. I fell still, my resistance fading as I realized what the man was doing. It's dark, the man growled. It's dark. The same warning he'd given us the first time. The beast had shown up. He meant to warn us again. I nodded beneath his grip, and he removed his mottled paw from my face. I sat up slowly, my eyes still useless in the pitch of the cave. Eric, I said quietly. I'm here, Matt. I heard the man rise to his feet. Then he grabbed me by the back of my leather jacket and heaved me up with him. Eric grabbed my shoulder, steadying himself as the man easily plucked him up next. The beast is back, Eric whispered beside me. Looks that way, I said, the man grunting expectantly. It's dark. Oh, right, I said, getting his meaning. I flipped my phone's light on and cast it ahead. The man had already begun walking deeper into the cave, though this time more slowly. He intended for us to follow. Eric and I exchanged a brief look of unease before nodding and shuffling after him, my heart racing as I prayed we'd make the right decision. This feels too convenient, Eric whispered. Don't forget the last time the man showed up, we nearly died. Don't have much of a choice, do we? I said, cradling my broken wrist. If it's between the beast and the man, I'm taking the man every time. If the man was Nolan, then he might be trying to help us, and maybe that was his intention all along. Likely, he knew about Jake, too. We walked only a short while before he came to a halt in front of a rusty cage door, which separated our half of the cavern from one ahead. The man sniffed at the bars, animatedly, before heaving the heavy door open to a symphony of metallic screeching. Christ, I said, plugging my ears. When's the last time the hinge got greased? Might have been a while, Eric reasoned. Grandma didn't seem to care much for her hobby in her later years, if... If Uncle Jake's words were anything to go by. Uncle Jake. We were both quiet for a moment, guilt swooping in my stomach, and only stirred when the man beckoned us forward with a great, gnarled paw. We made our way to him. As we knew the light of my phone began playing across man-made objects against the stark black stone of the cave. Tables were scattered about, stacked with books and various surgical tools, while chairs sat tucked neatly beneath them. On the smooth wall ahead was a great sprawling diagram written in white. I recognized it as the same diagram from Mysteries. Do you think this is it? Eric said breathlessly. Where she made them? It seemed that way. Grandma hadn't wanted us to explore in the cave, and after passing the steel gate, she clearly didn't want anything in here, human or otherwise. I picked up a beaker of fluid, gazing at it like I knew anything about chemistry. This definitely fits the mold of evil lab. Where did she get the time to do all this? Eric said. There was a snap of a match, and then a flame hissed quietly to life. I turned to see Eric lighting a large candle. Sorry if I startled you. I just figured we ought to save your phone's battery. No, that's a good idea. I stuffed my phone back into my pocket, while the two of us made our way around the lab lighting the other candles. I've been thinking, Eric said, waving over his match. We lit the last of the wicks. About what we might find down here. I could still hear our mother weeping in the back of my thoughts. I could still feel, no matter how far I pushed it down, the thrill I'd felt at bashing in Jake's skull. I swallowed. Yeah, me too. 
We split up and looked over the contents of the tables. A lot of it was books written in a language I couldn't make heads or tails of, bound in leather with fancy steel clasp on the front. They looked a thousand years old. Then, beneath a stack of scattered papers, I found a page with my name on it. I snatched it up, looking at Eric to make sure he hadn't noticed. My brother stood near the far wall of the room, his head in a book, occasionally glancing at the ground and adjusting his glasses. Good, I was in the clear. I read. Matthew was responding well. His mannerisms appear mostly unaffected. He is still kind, rambunctious, and curious. Certainly far less aggressive than Jacob. I was also quite happy to see his physical state had remained consistent, and I sense I may have sorted out the issue that affected Nolan. There are still certain uncertainties I have about him, but it's possible he's the one after all. A continuing monitoring over the next week, but Alice is growing concerned, and the boys have grown more brazen. I found Eric wandering toward the cave yesterday. I may soon have to send them home. I remind Jake to keep a better eye on them in the future, and to stop filling their heads with tales of adventure. There will be plenty of time to explore this mountain when everything is done. Eric, I said, the reality of the situation crashing upon me. What if we find out we're monsters too, Eric said, walking toward me with a look of morose. I didn't say anything. The truth was, I didn't think there was much we in it. Grandma had given me something, and that was clear. It was the same serum she'd given Jake and Nolan. I looked at the man, and Nolan, and sighed. What had she done to us? Why? I... I don't know, I said, hating myself for being too weak to admit what I was. What if I turn now and hurt Eric? My stomach twisted. Why don't you stay here? I'm gonna go. Get some fresh air. I slunk toward the rusty door. Eric's hand clasped my shoulder. I get it, Matt. I do. Jake wasn't... Jake anymore. You did what you had to do in order to protect us. He shook his head. I was wrong to make you feel like you were one of them. I paused, unsure what sparked the change in his heart. Eric's expression wasn't angry or hateful anymore. Rather, it was calm and a bit regretful. He let his hand fall away. So don't feel like you need to run off, alright? I nodded. It was a nice sentiment, and I was glad that Eric trusted me again. But he was wrong, too. The page had confirmed it. I was a monster, and I'd already felt myself losing control of Grandma's medicine. What if next time, instead of Jake... Eric was the focus of my anger. I stuffed my hands in my pockets. I wasn't going to let that happen. Don't worry, I lied. I'm not running off. Just getting some fresh air. I got my phone's light. I'll find my way back. I heaved the steel gate open to sharp nodes of squealing metal. Nolan stepped in front of me. His massive jaws dripped saliva. His glowing yellow eyes boring into me. I squirmed beneath his gaze. It's dark, he said, pointing to the back of the room. I blinked. Was he trying to show me something? Swallowing, I picked up a candle and followed him toward the shadowy corner. The same corner I had seen Eric in while I read the page. As we neared, I realized something was on the floor beneath us. Runes. They made a large circle and looked as if they had been carved directly into the cavern floor, hammer and chisel style. The hell, I muttered, recalling the runes from Mysteries. What is this? They're symbols, Eric said. Pagan by the looks of them. His eyes were downcast, his voice filled with guilt. I think it may be some sort of summoning circle. Summoning circle? Summon what? Eric fidgeted with his hands. He started to speak, 
Then the words escaped him and fell silent again. Eric? I... <laughs> Matt... His words came between whimpers. Another anxiety attack. No sense badging him right now. Nolan led me here. Perhaps he had more information. Nolan, right? What's going on? Can you tell me anything to help me understand? Silence. Of course he couldn't explain. His only vocabulary consisted of amounts in the time of day. Still, I'd appreciate if he could have pointed a book or a scroll to help me along. Then it hit me. Eric might be too worked up to get any words out, but I knew he'd learned about that summoning circle. I extended my hand to my brother. Hand me the book, then. I'll find out myself. Eric stepped backwards, clutching the book against his chest. I can't, Matt. You don't get it. What? I don't get it. Eric, stop fucking around. Another roar erupted. The beast. Was that closer? Shit, I thought. The bastard probably heard the screech in the damn gate. I'm not fucking around, Eric shrieked at me, his eyes wet with tears. There's stuff in here that you wouldn't understand. Couldn't understand. What the hell was going on? I winced, bringing a hand to my head as my mother's crying voice screamed to my mind. Please, Matthew! Please! My lips felt dry again. My ears rang. Eric, I said, stumbling to stay upright. The book. I need to know what the circle is. I already told you, he said, sobbing. It's a summoning circle. I need more details than that, Eric. What the fuck is a summoning? Please, Matt, please, you have to. I shook myself free of my mother's voice, gritting my teeth and grounding myself in the moment. Focus on the pain in my wrist. Focus on the sound of water dripping against stone. Focus on the cool breeze. Breathe. If I give you the book, you'll do it, Eric said, backing away from me and shaking his head. You'll do it. Do what? I shouted. Sound. Touch. Scent. Ground. Myself. Fuck this was hard. It's nearly dark, Nolan growled. Another roar. This one echoing through the cave. So much closer now. Sharp, jagged, and monstrous. The beast. Was it inside? Damn it. If I give you the book, Eric said, pointing at me with a manic expression, glasses crooked on his nose, you'll do to me what you did to Jake. Fuck. My legs felt weak. I stumbled to a knee, taking another breath and centering myself. Memories bombarded me. All my mother's voice screamed in my head over and over. Please, Matthew, please. Shut up, Mom. Please. Why would I do that? I said, screwing my face in the sensory overload. Tell me, Eric. Tell me why I would do that. I... Eric said, trailing off. It's dark. Nolan repeated. This time harsher. More fiercely. It's dark. I became acutely aware of him moving, darting off toward the way he'd come. Where was he going? Another roar. Guttural. Horrible. So close. Too close. Something was running through the cave. Something massive. Please, Matthew, please! Eric! I screamed. Tell me! I'm one of them, he sobbed quietly. A monster. Holy crap, that was a lot of information to take in. Uh, next week, we're going to go into parts 9 through 12. And then we will continue on all the way up to part, I think, 16 is the last one. So, I hope you enjoyed this story. I appreciate you sticking around to the end. If you would like to have your story showcased, you can send them to podcastfear at gmail.com. That's podcastfear at gmail.com, and I will showcase it in one of the or future episodes. Again, I appreciate you sticking around to the end, and always remember to face your fears.